you are listening to The Locker Room right here on Spirit Live. Hey, how is it going, everyone? Welcome back to The Locker Room, the best place for a different perspective when it comes to music, especially rap, hip-hop, and R&B. We give you a greater horizon into what music really is, and we got two special hosts right here. I'm t- I'm talking about myself in the third person because that's how, it, that that's the confidence, the special the special I feel about myself. But uh, my name is Nakeem Khan. Alongside me is none other than my boy Malik Maytamarera. Malik, how are you doing on this fine day? You already know on this fine, elegant day, I'm doing fantastic. Fantastic. Oh, using big words. I, I like it. Uh, I wish I could pull out some big words out of the top of my head right now, but I definitely can. And I'm not trying to make a, a fool out of myself. But <laughs> hey, second episode of the Locker Room podcast. We had a great, great first episode. Talked about our favorite albums. If you haven't listened to that, make sure to check that out after this episode. But we decided to, you know what? We had a lot of fun talking about our favorite albums, but there's something that is very consistent within those projects and within those songs in general that make us feel like those are amazing albums and amazing songs. So we thought, Hmm, what makes up a great song? What makes up a great project? And I think this is obviously something that's very subjective. You know what I may feel, it might be completely different from what Malik feels and completely different from what you feel. And we're definitely going to be getting into that, but I think there is a consensus when it comes to certain things that make up a great song and just great music in general. So we're going to go into that. And Malik, I wanted to pose the question out to you first and get your initial thoughts on it, because this is something that is very, very, very subjective. As I said, I know people who listen to some music that I could never listen to, but they said that they love it because it's good music. And I'll just be like, scratching my head i don't know if this is good music or not but what are your what are your thoughts just off rip what makes up a good song for you yeah i think you know the process and hip-hop and rap and r&b what makes a good track i think it all comes down to like you know when you're in grade four and grade five and when you're solving one of those math problems and you have they give you like the burger so you have like the patty the lettuce the tomato maybe some cheese and then you have the other patty on the other side, or you can make it a you can make it a double cheeseburger. I another am patty loving this analogy. There. This is an so, amazing analogy. So, so, so I always think of hip hop sometimes like that. Like you gotta add, you gotta add like the meat to the sauce, and mm. not like the the construction of it. Just you know, I'm I'm trying to savor. I'm, ah. I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm trying to make everyone hungry. I'm sorry, but uh, hey, I'm that, a little bit hungry. It's like it's basically you're treating like you're the customer, or actually, let's say it like this: the person making the song, they're they're at Harvey's and um, they got to make a burger. They got to make a burger, but they're like, you know what? That lettuce over there. That's my chorus. I want to make sure that's some fresh lettuce. Cause my chorus has to be, has to be hidden. Get the lettuce in there, you know, add the little ad libs. That's your little mayo chipotle sauce, whatever it is. You really got the, you really got the analogy, right? I, I could definitely see that. I could definitely yes, see that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I'm sure a lot of people agree with Nikim and I about that sort of analogy, but I guess to start things off, I would say maybe the 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 top the top of the burger the bun that that first that first extra crispy um, savory bun. Um, <laughs> I will say that the production is probably the top mm. one of the top for sure. I think yeah. to make a great album and a great hit song number one on the charts. 
artists like Lil Uzi, Playboy Carter, like running the new generation of hip hop, and they kind of like they kind of found their sound, they're, and they're rolling with it, and they keep it the same, but sometimes they change the concepts. So I think the production is probably one of the one of the top things. You need a great team if you want to relate to mm-hmm. viewers across the world, uh, relate to a certain uh, target audience. Then production would probably have to be one of the top things, top three for sure. Oh, definitely, and I think. I can bring an example out of this uh, just from that. Um, a lot of people have different thoughts on what should be the main thing in a song. And personally, I also feel the same way. I feel like production is um, one of the most important, if not the most important aspect of a song or a project in general. And one project that comes to mind and an artist actually is uh, Jaden Smith. Jaden Smith is Ooh. one of those guys that I think I, w- I don't want to say production carries him, but his production team is insane. And I look at a project like Sire, which was his debut album, and the first four songs is a B-L-U-E. They spell out blue. It's basically, it's four separate tracks, but they, if you listen to them uh, one after the other, it's basically one very long track just split up into four different parts. And the lyrics aren't anything crazy. He's not saying anything crazy. His flow isn't out of this world, but the production on each song with certain time, the bass hits different type of um, effects or sounds that are being placed at certain points and the way his voice is mixed with that certain elements. It just brings this certain type of atmosphere. And not only you hear this in Jaden Smith, another guy who who's produce producing and um, the production within his music kind of puts you into his world. And I, I like this because people could look at music and think of it just as like, you know, just songs you listen to. But I'm going to compare it to television for a second or just um, yes, cinema bro. cinema uh, as a whole. Mm-hmm. When you there's certain TV shows and certain movies that have great world building. And by world building, I mean, when you watch it, you feel like you're getting immersed into that world Oof. that you're watching. I watch a lot of anime i'll say that one right here i watch a lot of anime and um an anime that does this really well i know it's a music podcast but an anime that does this really well is called uh is one called one piece and it makes you feel like you're a part of that journey that these characters are going on and i bet people can think of uh, many other shows that uh do the same thing to them one artist that is really really good at this and malik will attest to it is Travis Scott brings you into his world. And it's like this dark type of grimy atmosphere. And you hear whenever he's even on features with people on fair trade, he uh, on Drake CLB, he completely flipped that song and turned it into his, like, it just felt like as soon as you heard the beat change, you're like, Oh, I'm in Travis's, I'm in Travis's universe right now. I'm about to, let me just get into this dark type of uh, grungy type of sound. Let me get into that type of atmosphere. That's what it's like. And I think that, makes a good song because not every song is able to do that. Not every artist is able to do that, to bring you into a different state whenever you hear them. And I think that's obviously a great element. I kind of rambled on for a while there, but I definitely got to um, double down on you on the production thing. I think it is by far, by far one of the biggest things, not just in rap and uh, mm. hip hop, but in music in general in music in general. Well, 100%. I was like, as you speak, I was like, hmm, what examples can I think of? And those, those are great examples. And, you know, the stuff that comes to me is like what I'm listening to right now. Uh, Tyler, the creators call me if you get lost or even any of Griselda's great albums. Great examples. Great you know, between examples. Tyler, Kidder, Griselda, hard hitting production. 
every track is different. I think, um, I think the, you know, I, I think what makes the track girl uh, makes an album great with certain sequences is that every track is different and you get a different mm-hmm. flavor mm-hmm. of sounds every time you listen to uh, a track off the album, like uh, Tyler, the creator, for example, every track was different. Every yeah. beat was different. There was a lot of switch ups and it kind of enhanced the storyline. So I really like what Tyler, the creator did with that. Uh, Griselda's does, Griselle does tracks are hard, hard carried by flow, lyricism and production for sure. Because production is almost like a Travis Scott, like you said, Travis Scott. I, you know, when you're listening to Travis Scott, you're like, I'm in Astro World right now. Yeah, it's like it's, yeah, it's like it's yeah. like you feel like, like 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 you said, you're immersed into Travis Scott's world. Like when you listen to Travis, it's like you imagine yourself in a carnival. Everyone's going, everyone's going crazy, just 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 dancing and jump, jumping up, going crazy. And it's partying. crazy because you say you feel like you're in Astro. It's also Travis does this thing where different. He has a different type of sounds. Like there's like the Astro World sound when you hear it, you think of Astro World. Then there's the rodeo sound that's a much more darker, you mm. know, type of type of sound. You got the birds in the trap, which is like a little bit more, you know, upbeatish in a way, like a different type of sound. Then obviously, days before rodeo, which um is one of my Oof. favorite sounds that Travis has got. I and mean, we I could go on for a while with that, but uh yeah, production is amazing. And um it made me want to ask you this because a lot of people nowadays don't really care for this as much as maybe it used to be because this is one arguably the most predominant feature in rap music and that is lyricism and do yes. you feel that lyricism for you personally I'll ask you this in a two part for you personally do you do you consider lyricism to be uh, an important part of a great song that's the first question. But the second question I want to ask after you can answer right after. Do you think lyricism is as important in today's rap culture? That's my two questions after. Your first question. Those are great questions, by the way. I would say lyricism. Yes, it is important. I would say at times it's more important than production when it comes to I certain agree. artists. I agree. But for me personally, you know, Nikim and I grew up uh, lyric, uh, you know, uh, heavy in lyricism heavy in flow and you know de- de- deciphering storylines when rappers are trying to relate to their audience so Nikim and I like those type of that type of rap but when it comes to this day and age I would say a lot of people in this new generation a lot of hip-hop heads new hip-hop heads like production a little bit better than lyricism me personally I like lyricism better than production I I kind of I, I I write off that a little bit more mm-hmm. and yep yeah, 100% I think that lyricism is undervalued at this yeah. point in, in, in this day and age you could say that like you know artists like MF Doom um J. Cole R. Kendrick Wale all, all heavy 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 lyricists heavy flows and, and they write off that and uh you know at time, times have changed and they're, and they're still doing their things but a lot of people feel off production yeah Nikki, what, what are your thoughts on the production uh, lyricism yeah this is one of those things like i have a hierarchy of what i look for in music or what sways me the most when it comes to music and at, at the top of it is let's like look at it like maslow's hierarchy of needs this is Nikki. oh my goodness maslow <laughs> this is Nikim's hierarchy of needs the, Cue in the the upbeat music editor, which is myself. But uh, cue in that music. So we got the we got the triangle right at the very top. Um, I got lyricism. Lyricism for me is above all, uh, and it is the top of the top because nothing is gonna make me do that stank face as much as when I hear a fire bar when someone does a nice rhyme scheme or just has a hard hitting line. And as you said, you named some really great artists. And what's one thing that P- 
people who are lyricists have in common in the rap industry is longevity. They they mm-hmm. don't they don't get kicked out right away. They don't f- become irrelevant. They stay relevant. And what can you say about people who aren't lyricists and kind of ride that production wave? There comes a time where people just stop listening to them. So th- that's always my argument when people say they don't care about lyricism or it's not important. Hey, Kendrick's at the top of the game for a reason, even though he hasn't released anything in like three years. <laughs> you think if someone like, uh, I'm trying to think of a, a name right now. Uh, I don't want to say like a Playboy Cardi or Lil, Lil Uzi because they have such cult fan bases that it is, if, even if they didn't drop for a few years, they would, people would still listen to them. But yeah. you look at artists right now that are coming up, um, Baby Santana and uh, guys like that. Um, if, they, if they keep this sound going and they just went and did a Kendrick, people are going to forget about them. And that's just the way it is because there's a certain type of substance you need with your music and those songs are good if you're consistently releasing them to fulfill people's needs of what you want but lyricism there's so much replay value that when i we talked about our favorite albums and um malik didn't say this was one of his favorites but i know he enjoys it i also didn't say it was one of my favorites but good kid mad city by kendrick lamar every time you go back and listen to that you're gonna take something away from that and i think that's what's that's what's beautiful about lyricism but back to my Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Music, cue back in. Thank you. Um, you got lyricism number one for me. Then I would arguably have flow. I would have flow number two. Yeah. And then actually it's a toss and ter- to- toss up between flow and production. But those would be my two and three. So I have that. Yeah. That's my that's my triangle. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Yep, 100%. I agree with you with the fact that in today's rap culture, I don't think that lyrics are valued as much. But for those that do cherish lyricism and the rappers that are lyrical, I feel like those tend to be the ones who actually stand out nowadays and become successful. But there needs to be an understanding of how to incorporate that. And by that, I mean, and we're going to look into some examples because I know you can definitely think of some right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. One guy who I think struggled with this early on in his career is Joyner Lucas very lyrical yes. artist Good one. <laughs> but lyricism can't take you far if you're just rapping fast or you think you're rhyming you have to make good sounding music and i won't lie to you there's a lot of joiner lucas projects i just won't listen to yeah especially earlier ones the newer ones he's kind of found that that blend of how to make a good song and how to also yeah, be a lyricism and rhyme and all those things oh yeah and this is why I wanted to do this because although we're saying that lyricism is number one for us at times and we're saying that lyrics are big in music, we're talking about what makes up a good song. This is only a yeah. part of it. Yep. I would be lying to you if I said Shooter by Playboy Cardi wasn't a good song. I, I would be lying to you if I said um, there's songs by Comethazine that I would say is a bad song, like um, uh, Spin Back. I would say that's a bad song. That's a good song. There's different elements that make up a good song. It's not the fact that they need lyricism. They need production. They need flow. They need all of these together in one. You're hardly ever going to find a handful of songs that have every single box ticked off. But as long as you have a few of those and they're done very good, I think you have a great song on uh, a hand of yours. I think I definitely think that. And I'm Malik. I'm intrigued to 
hear what your thoughts are on that. Oh, oh, I was, I, oh, I, I gotta feed off your point. I agree with you. And you know what's so cool about you know the hip hop community in this world or our new generation rappers coming up is that like you have you have you know lyric, you lyricism and rappers and you have trap rappers and you have like that in between. And that one example, you know, I I have to give that's you know who's broken barriers that's work with new generation rappers and old school generation rappers i would have to say ybn corday not even mm. ybn anymore it's, mm. it's corday, corday. i never seen a rapper in this generation that started off trap start off with the ybn mixtape and move on from from like trap sound to lyricism heavy hip-hop working with old school artists he kind of broke that barrier mm-hmm. in between mm-hmm. especially especially when you release that track responding to uh responding to uh responding to nicole on that so I really respect YBN for that. And they look like artists that are on the come up, like uh, CJ Fly and Nick Grant, who are really underrated, uh, really underground, underrated. Nick Grant is amazing. Hip hop artists that are just, you know, going going back to the roots and continuing their their underground, underground kind of, you know, New York flow, that like real rap. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so you know, it was really cool to see how uh, hip hop has evolved and the, and the evolution of everything because, you know, a lot of people pay homage to old school artists and there's still a lot of uh, there's still a lot of heavy lyricism artists out there. So, absolutely. And you know, speaking of lyricism, one subgenre, really cool one that I have, is storytelling. So, I would say that's Nikim and I's yes kryptonite. You would yes. Say. And I got you know I I had to write down these examples because I'm like you know I'll be too excited to not say you know I got three right now. I'm I got, here. I'm here. I got I got one old school, one kind of in the middle, and one new school. You so always I do got, this. I love it. I, love I always it. I got IDK use for yourself album. The it came out this is, year. I'm gonna use one of the keys words, immaculate. Ah the, the, the oh my god, just everyone go listen to that album. It talks about his family, talks about his uprising. Uh, my old school album I have for storytelling is Biggie Ready to Die or Life After mm. Death. Any of those albums. Just great, great storytelling. Reason why they're classic. Reasons why they're classic. Oh, oh, and then, and then, you know, I'll let Nakeem elaborate on this album because I know he's gonna have a lot to say. But you know, on, on my number one list, I got Kendrick to Pippa Butterfly for for storytelling. And but does not, and it's not just storytelling. Storytelling, production, production, ly- lyricism, everything's great on that. Th- so, that's that's the main thing. On it? I yeah, I love I love the albums you chose, and I think because they all provide a certain. Um, different elements to the table they're not all the same in the storytelling there's different types of storytelling you look at idks you have a newer sound he's incorporating these newer sounds that people Mm -hmm. like now and he's also staying true with the storytelling and finding ways to do that biggie is one of the greatest storytellers that we've ever heard i mean and also he's not one of the greatest he's not known as one of the greatest lyricists that no one's gonna say that Biggie's a better lyricist than Tupac. People are, mo- are are going to have Tupac ahead of Biggie. But Biggie has one of the best flows in all of music. I mean, the way he flows on a beat is unmatched. And I think that is also something that helps his and storytelling ability. And his freestyles for sure, too. Freestyles for sure, yes. He's just rapping in general. Biggie is up there. Kendrick, you, I love that you brought up To Pin Butterfly because we, yes, I talked sir. about this in our first episode with our favorite albums because it is personally my favorite album of all time. And with that project, this, this segues right into what we think makes a great album because I think this is a great way to transition into it. I feel like that album, it's not one of those ones that has songs that you could turn up to. And I think that obviously makes up great album. There's a couple, all right, King Kunta, I guess you could say. But 
the storytelling is so deep. And I like this because as a listener, you want something that's going to latch onto you no matter what stage of life that you're on, that you're in, I should say. Mm-hmm. When I listened to it, I was 15 years old. I'm 20 years old now. And I'm going to obviously, I'm going to feel the same way I did when I was 15, but there's things that are going to resonate with me more because I've lived my life out a little bit. I'm more experienced in certain things. Um, I'm now more awakened to what um, happens in the world. And I think that's huge in a great project. And the storytelling is able, it's one of those things where a guy that I think is really good at this too, is one of your favorite artists of all time. It's storytelling of his life. But it's also telling my story too. Like I can see myself in the story that they're telling because it's so relatable. And someone who does a really good job at this is J. Cole and his projects and the way he tells stories. And I think that's something that makes a good album. Relatability. If I can relate to what you're saying, it's going to hold more value to me. Drake became famous because of this with um, So Far Gone, with um comeback season when he started off you know then he went to thank me later and then obviously take care blew up with everyone draking and driving when they're um listening to that project and then drake in general so i would say relatability is up there for me when it comes to albums another thing when it comes to albums is the plan the cohesion of it like not every album has to be um, like a tip and butterfly that is follows this certain theme and you know is a cohesive exactly. project. Not every project needs to be like that. You could just have a bunch of songs on it with no particular particular um purpose for them being, you know, beside each other. But I feel like there needs to be a plan of what you're trying to do with your project. You can't exactly. just throw a bunch of songs together and release it and expect it to do well. Yeah, like if you want to exactly if if that's what you want, a compilation, release it as a compilation. Make it known that it's a compilation. You can't say it's an album and release something that is the quality of a mixtape. Drake, you know? Drake kind of did something like that last year with, um, what is it called? What he Dark had his, Lane demo tapes, with, I believe. With, with right? Dark Lane demo tapes, yeah. Yeah, you just release it. It's, you don't say it's an album. Maybe it's considered an album technically, but people know it's just a bunch of songs. Same thing with Untitled Unmastered. We know it's a bunch of unreleased songs by Kendrick that he just put together to give it to us. We're not going to listen to it crazily but if he just released it and considered it to be an album and didn't say anything and then afterwards said it was a bunch of unreleased music it's gonna be like well Mm. you didn't release it as that so now you're just trying to go back on your word but i feel like when you have a plan for it i love cohesive projects i think they're really good to pay on butterfly the incredible true story i think those are some albums that perform it very well and i think it is a great thing but you can have projects like more life that you know, follow just releasing songs, but do it in a really good way too. But that's something that I, as well, that I had to say. Oh, to add on to that point, like almost like everything, we're getting into like the alternative game plan of releasing an album. Like you're talking about, you know, mixing engineering and then you got, uh, you got your agent uh, looking up deals, partnerships, sponsorships, uh, marketing, getting it on commercials. And, you know, it's, I, I wouldn't say it's the best example because he has released some uh, somewhat decent albums throughout the year, but I know one of the best marketers in hip hop is still DJ Khaled. This yeah, day. Yeah. He, he, everyone calls him like the try hard of marketing. <laughs> it's almost get number one, especially even Tyler, the creator commented. Oh my God. Even Tyler, the creator commented like this guy's trying to get number one over me. 
movie. <laughs> what was he doing? He was trying to package. Um, I think I think he was album trying to sales with a drink. Al- no, album sales with uh, with pop or soda. Yeah, or something. yeah, almost so, did it, but Igor so was too much. Igor was too much. So you know when it when it comes to marketing, I think yo you want to have a good team that markets yeah, the album definitely. well, uh, just good in sales, releases it to the certain target market, and you know get it all on on streaming services like Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, any of that. So I think if you have a smart plan. Um, I think I think it'll be good for the future success of the album. And another thing that's probably a really underrated, you know, Nikim and I have talked about this, reflected on this a little bit, but one thing that's really underrated when it comes to making an album, when you release it, the sequence of tracks, what track comes yeah. which, which after which, placement. Like track, the track one, yeah. placement. I would say placement of the tracks, the duration of the album. There's probably two oh things that will, there's probably two Don't things that will like started make with or break an album for sure Nikim, i know i know you're gonna talk i don't oh want to talk about duration goodness. i want to hear i want to hear what you got to say about the duration how long an album is kanye west is lucky that he's kanye west <laughs> if any other artist released a 30 track album i'm not listening to it i'm not listening to a 30 chris brown why are you releasing 50 track albums oh, who's indigo is it indigo i believe so and yeah. who was listening to all that and me and malik reacted to donda Shout out his label for blocking the entire video, but uh, we, we reacted to Donda and we sat there for three hours just listening. By the time we got to the, the part twos of the those tracks, we were dead. Sleep. And the thing is, with artists like that, you kind of have to listen to those when they exactly drop because everyone's talking about it. You want to get in on the hype. You don't want to like be spoiled of anything, especially with Donda not releasing the artist and the track list. You got to listen to find out who's on it. You don't want to be spoiled that this artist is on it afterwards and you still haven't listened to it. But duration, ideally, I think an album should be 12 to 15 songs, 12 at the minimum. I say 15 max. I think that's a, I think that's a, a good portion for your album i don't think it needs to be longer if if it's shorter i guess that's considered an ep but 20 track albums are hit and miss with me because i feel like Mm. there's always a few throwaways and if you just took those tracks out it would be at 15 and then boom you have a great project on your hands so i think fifth i think you could take great music and put it into that and you get that replayability the off season 12 tracks great tracks listen to everything everything Um, psychodrama 12 tracks listen to everything you know everything. so those are something that's one thing i think is uh, big and i also agree with malik placement you can't have all your good songs at the beginning and um have bad songs at the end you also can't have all the bad songs at the beginning and the good songs at the end because no one's going to get to the good songs if all the bad songs are up there first and uh, you got to be able to match the energy you don't want someone to fall too bored in the middle and want to leave you gotta all right you have maybe one or two songs that don't hit but bring us back bring in the listener back with a hard-hitting track or something to catch their attention but definitely because me and malik have listened to albums that um just we looked at some of the placement of the songs and if this song was here instead of there it was might might just been one song if this was here instead of there it could have changed probably the way we would have viewed that album it definitely could it might seem like something minor but it definitely is something major and i definitely got to agree with malik on that but yep I want to get your thought. You can give some additional thoughts, but I also wanted to ask a question because we talked about what makes an album great. What about the other side of things? What about what makes an album or a song bad? What are some things that stick out to you the most that when you notice that you're like, oh my gosh, I don't think I'm ever going to listen to this ever again. I think 
repetitiveness of the theme in each track just gets me like it feels like it's the same track yeah all the time like trippy reds project did that to me i won't lie to you every beat sounded the same every beat sounded the same like kind of like that kind of rock pop trap yeah yeah that um that rage i guess is the rage sound the like i guess guess the rage like mr rage and betrayal the one with drake kind of have that same type of sound with the beat i don't know how to explain it but yeah 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 i think i think when i think when constructing an album you, you have to make you know every track every track genuine and also although you want to keep the theme related to the audience i think mixing up a little bit and adding a different sound could, or adding something like maybe a different maybe a different 808 or not using 808 yeah, or yeah. or when it, you know you, you could add you could do something different when it comes to anything about the lyrics like maybe some lyrics are like oh at this party girls drugs <laughs> and it's the same theme all the time exactly if, if, if you switch it up a little bit i think it'd be a little bit be much cooler for sure so i sometimes like when i listen to albums and they sound the same it gets me dead like oh this is this is the same theme same same storyline yeah. everything everything sounds the same so i think mixing up a little bit definitely be a lot better yeah i definitely agree repetitiveness um lack of energy you yeah. know things that just sound the same uh production if the production isn't good just like we said if production is really good it can make a good song good project if production is bad it can easily steer you away if it's not the vocals aren't mixed properly it's like did is was this recorded on like a phone mic and then just like you know unless it's like that one pop smoke song he had like rowdy rebel whose verse was on the jail uh, phone on, on the jail phone <laughs> yeah we've seen that before i think bobby schmurda on a six Mark nine Schmerda, song bobby Schmerda on a six nine song he had yeah the, so he had the jail line too that's definitely something that i have to say as well that make a bad song you know what makes a bad song people when you hear a bad song you just know it like there's certain distinctive the beat might just be bad the nothing matches the poster the poster boy for all bad songs and we'll leave off on this because this is probably the one of the worst i i would definitely say it's the worst hip-hop song i've ever heard in my life uh my ears were bleeding after i listened to it and um i refuse to listen to it again but what is this Corday left this group. Uh, so. <laughs> so I already know. <laughs> so uh, Soul Train by YBN Amir. I that is don't start you know singing what? it. Try to stay low key and stay away from that. <laughs> get him off the get get Malik off the stage. Get Malik off the stage. Yeah. They're booing at you right now. They they no, no. It's it's just so bad. Nothing sounds on beat. It's the mixing is bad. The high pit auto tune is so bad. Everything is bad. Everything is bad. But that is we'll leave it off on that. That is if you want to think of if you can't think of a bad song in hip hop, that is it. That is I think the most unliked rap song. I mean the most uh disliked rap song on YouTube. It has like so much dislike. It has so much dislike. It has so much. Everyone go listen to it. Everyone go listen to that. Go listen to it. Maybe if you want to make it the world record for the most disliked song, then I guess no. I'm joking. No shade to no shade to YBN, not Mary. I love your music. Just get back to what you did when you popped off, please. Back back to what you did and do your thing. You were were hopping like a year. Smoking on the pain. Yeah. So get back to that. But I love the talk. I think we be able to get across what we find we think makes a good song, what makes a good project, what does the opposite. And I hope you guys were able to resonate with it. And yes. maybe you guys learned something and kind of agreed with us, something that you never realized before, but now you realize. So we hope you did that. And Malik, before we sign off, give the people some words of wisdom to live on for this week. Well, everyone, have a great week. I wish you nothing but peace, love 
and positivity for your future endeavors and keep your head up stay positive do you believe in yourself and be yourself 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 I'm I'm shedding a tear. That was that was I, I, that, that was like an interview that, from, that was an album. Yeah, that was um, <laughs> really beautiful. I don't think I could carry on with this episode of the podcast anymore. I'm I'm, I'm crying internally uh, too. This is uh, <laughs> your boy Nakeem. <laughs> your boy Balik. Uh, I think I'm gonna go get my life straightened <laughs> up and everything. So um, I might open a business, but. <laughs> We'll we'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you for listening to The Locker Room right here on Spear Live. Take care, everyone.